You are listening to the Fire and Lunch podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you, the proud friend said, that I must eat this pie? The Swagecast is brought to you by the Faceless Men, Special Victims Unit. We specialize in character assassination and only accept payment in fandom tiers. Hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode three, Breaker of Chains, and I'm Rachel. I'm Jenny. I'm Lauren. I'm Katie. And I'm Jess. So our first section is always a little bit about getting to know us, and I want to know what everybody is reading right now when, since we're not reading Winds of Winter. Jenny? Uh, right now I'm reading uh, Scott Westerfield's uh, YA dystopian trilogy. Um, it's about pretty people. What's it called? You could call it by uh, its name. <laughs> I don't know what the series is called. It's it's the ugly the... series. <laughs> That's not the name of the series, though, is it? Yes, it is. Is it? That's how I I've know. always read it. <laughs> there's uglies, pretties, and specials. I'm on specials. So right now they're special, <laughs> not pretty. Don't read the fourth book. <laughs> is that a real thing? Like, that's what they're calling? <laughs> uglies, pretties, and specials? Yes. Yes. Fine. It's a good series. <laughs> It's just it the, is, four, the fourth book just deviates so much from the main character, so that's why it's weird. Uh-huh. So, does anybody know what Megan is reading right now? So she's not here. She's I reading the this. yeah, the Testament of Youth book by Vera Britton, I believe. Yeah. Oh. And the reason she is reading it <laughs> is because we're doing a little a little side book club uh, because Kit is in the movie ad- ad- excuse me adaptation of this, so we're trying to prepare ourselves. Because we're nerds. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Jon Snow fangirl strikes again. Uh-huh. What are you reading right now, Katie? Um, when I'm not avoiding Testament of Youth, I'm reading... I just <laughs> I just finished Patrick Ness's More Than This and his short story, The New World, both of which were brilliant and sad and food for thought, which was wonderful to see in YA. And uh, I also am reading Dangerous Women, and I am trying to read it chronologically not skipping to george's story because i want to discover new art, uh, authors at that time so it's all good cool lauren i'm reading the miss born series where i occasionally text jenny random words and she knows exactly what part of the book i'm already on it's very <laughs> exciting i'm reading vicariously <laughs> through her have you gotten through the first one yet because i've only ever read the first one uh i'm getting close to the end of that actually Oh, okay. I, re- I really, <laughs> I really like the series. I, I really like him. Uh, you, you can't pay me enough to read Wheel of Time to get through to his books, but the rest, of it, I'll read anything else of his. Wow, wow, shots fired. Jesus. Uh, yeah, you know how I feel about that series. Yeah, good, you're glad you're good. You, good Megan's not here because we defend Wheel of Time to our you, dying breath. You keep doing that. <laughs> you keep doing that. Uh, well, I didn't like the Mistborn novels, so. Okay. Well, you only read one. I didn't like it. I know you didn't Why like it. Why would I keep reading it if I didn't like it? I know you didn't like it. It's I okay. kept reading Wheel of Time, even though I hated it. But then I gave up after three, four <laughs> books. I don't even know anymore. I hated Six everyone. Six one is the best one. Well, so I gave I wasn't up after that one and a quarter. No, you guys have to get to Rand in a box. I hated everybody. 
everyone. I wanted them all to drown. You can't. No, you can't hate. You cannot hate Matt. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> no. Yes. He's you guys. Always. Okay, no. He. You have to get through the part where he's, like, whiny and poisoned and laying on the table. Like, after that is, like, fucking amazing. Yeah, he's but like I a- couldn't get through everybody else to get to that point. Yeah. Jess, do you have any idea what they're talking about? Yes, because I read the first four books in the Wheel of Time, and then there was a scene where three girls decide, we're just going to share Rin, you know? (laughs) And I was done. It was not for me. Because Karen always wishes Rin were there. Stay away from Katie. Not about polygamous relationships. Oh, no. (laughs) It is really dumb that, like, these girls all just kind of decide that they're going to share a boy. But, you know, polyamory exists. Oh, 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 wait. I have a dumb story that I'm reading. Okay, hold on. I am about to hate read Fifty Shades of Grey. Ew. There's a reason. Why? <laughs> my, my friend just wrote an article about Fifty Shades of Grey, hating on it. And then we all realized none of us have read it. So we are taking one for the team and we are hate reading it together. But I bought it in paperback and then I had to go and buy a felt book cover for it. So no one could see what I was reading. You know, sometimes it doesn't matter if I can't see the cover. I know when people are reading certain books just because of the size and, like, heft of it. I'm like, oh, that's Fifty Shades of Grey. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. E-reader. E-reader. I know. It was there. We were together. We were in the Strand. We were like, oh, it's fortuitous. There are two. Of course we have to buy it. And then we five minutes out of the door, we were like, fuck, we can't read this on the train. Oh, my God. Damn it. You guys are embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so, no. Rachel, what are you reading? I just finished the latest Foreigner novel by C.J. Cherry. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I love this book so much. I'm on, I think that's on like book 18 or something. <laughs> she has one out every year, and I, the way that I describe the Foreigner novels is that it's like if James Bond's real job was that he was a maker of dictionaries but he still got to run around and like blow people up that sounds about right space aliens and also (laughs) aliens oh and sex with aliens so i'm kind of intrigued i don't think i have to sell that to you ladies (laughs) (laughs) is it like time lordy aliens or um they are nine feet tall very formal they're very formal. They wear a lot of lace and leather. Um, oh, they drink you a lot. Of, lace. They they uh, they um, they don't have words for love or trust, uh, and they don't have uh, lawyers. They have assassins. <laughs> Little so, Dothraki. So if you want, if you have beef with your neighbor, his dog keeps shitting on your lawn or something. Instead of suing them, you have them assassinated. There's an episode of Charmed like that. Do not compare this to Charmed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to just say ew to that too. (laughs) Anyway, CJ Cherry is an amazing writer. She's been around for a very long time, since the early 70s. And she's one of the masters of cerebral uh, science fiction. What is your favorite thing that she does? Uh, The foreigner novels. No. No. Or Koi Pond. Oh, her koi pond. Yeah, okay. So I follow her on Twitter and Facebook and Gchat or G Plus or whatever it's called. I follow her on any social media that I can follow her on. And she's she 
has I've watched her like remodel her bathroom. She re she redid her her backyard. She installed this koi pond, and then every spring I know it's spring because she starts updating everybody on like how the koi fish are doing. <laughs> and you make fun so. of me and Katie right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but the I koi are seasonal at her. least. I have I, I have a CJ Cherry girl. tattoo, you guys. Okay, I okay. have a tattoo of Cherry. And I don't have a tattoo of Game of Thrones, so that's what we're Okay, at. so we're going to be just sitting over here with our books, and you can sit over there with the koi pond, and it's fine. We will understand each other and our fangirliness. So, Jess, what are you reading other than Testament of Youth? Well, I haven't started Testament of Youth yet. Uh, I just finished the last book in the Ascendance trilogy called The Shadow Throne. Pretty disappointing. Was not happy about it. Uh, but the first book, Brian Cogman, is actually adapting for the screen. So there's our segue Ooh. to Game of Thrones. Oh, good. <laughs> See what oh. I did there? Are you nervous? Good job. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Good job. So it's time for our ratings. Um, Jenny can go first. Um, I'm going to give the most of the episode some kind of a Jared pie. And the scene which we shall discuss... Uh, I don't know what's a what's lower than assignment. Did we decide like a Half pie assignment. of brown? Quarter assignment. <laughs> pie of brown. I'm gonna go with a pie of brown. A pie of brown. <laughs> a burnt pie of brown. Oh, right, Lauren. Um, that scene gets its own rating. The rest of it is pretty much a Jared. Um, I felt like. We could shoehorn every single character in the books into this episode for some reason. So the scenes were quite short for me. Um, uh, and and that, that scene, that's like not even a full pie of brown. It's like a quarter of a pie of brown. Katie? I'm going to go with a Simon minus minus for the whole fucking thing. I was not a fan. That scene made me so ragey that I couldn't even process the rest of it until I watched it again just before this podcast and I still did not I wasn't a fan. I mean it maybe made it maybe it'll take away a minus. So it was a Simon minus. But it was still bad, you guys. And then of course Jess I gave it a Jared. Yeah. I gave it a Jared. Oh really? I liked it a lot. First of all, we got like sassy Stannis Baratheon in this episode. It was wonderful. We got sassy Shireen Baratheon. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. I mean, obviously there are issues, but like Lauren was saying, how everybody's in the episode. But that that's the nature of the show. You can't you can't have an episode, you know, devoted entirely to King's Landing. Or maybe you can have an episode divided <laughs> entirely to King's Landing. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Be. Yeah, it would be King's Landing. But you can't you can't do that with such a massive uh show you know, story. You can't you can't have that. Um, but uh, I really enjoyed all the scenes, even though they were short, they were enjoyable, with the exception of a, f- a few scenes that I wasn't really feeling. But overall, I, I enjoyed it as an episode. We'll just try to pretend a certain scene did not happen. Jess, I'm going to remember you said that, that you can't have a whole episode devoted to one area for episode nine of this year. Yeah. I'm just well, going to say you, it. There's, a, there's <laughs> you know, my one of my favorite episodes is it's Blackwater. It's like my second okay. favorite episode, and that's devoted okay. entirely to one area. But I'm saying you, you can't do it. It's, there's so many storylines you have to you have to meet, you know? All right. And the last hero wasn't in this episode, Lauren. 
Grand Stark. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, they left somebody out. Yeah, we were minus a Hodor. And your girl, your girl Brienne wasn't in it either. My girl Brienne wasn't in it. Thank God. Probably yeah. for the best. That would have just made me even more <laughs> ragey. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Nobody wants to know what I rated it? I was going to say, yeah, Rachel, we do. what's We're rating? waiting for you. I'm sure you guys could guess. <laughs> Simon a with Simon? three of browns? <laughs> no, I have a different ingredient for my pie. Oh, oh God. Yeah. I think that I would like the ghost of Strong Balwas to take a dump <laughs> inside my pie, and then I'll bake it and put some more dump on top of it for frosting. Maybe some locusts. Uh, maybe some locusts. Mm, spicy hot locusts. Dripping out honey. That will be my, my pie rating for this episode. I was not pleased. I mean, yes, that one scene really ruined everything for me because I just couldn't get it out of my head. And it it just, I don't know, I felt like every other scene was overshadowed by it. And I also felt like the episode looked really cheap. And that just offends me at this point. Like, you know, we're mm-hmm. into season four. Like, your episode should not look like it was shot on an iPhone. I should not be seeing wig lines. The hound's makeup was terrible. I just, yeah, it actually was really bad. It was really, really, really badly shot. I, I don't know. I was, I was really unhappy about that, too. So. Anyway, thus we begin <laughs> the rage cast portion of the Wait, podcast. wait. We have yes. to tell you Megan's rating. Oh, yes. Oh, Megan's yeah. rating. Simon. Uh, Megan gave it a very nice assignment with no extra, with no explanation. <laughs> so we're just going to leave it there. Yes, we miss you, Megan. Yes, I'm sure she's like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, for uh, for Ragecast, I'm setting a timer. We've got 15 minutes to get it all out of our systems. <laughs> I'm starting Stop now. Your so if you guys right. don't want to listen, skip ahead 15 minutes. Until until the keening stops. Then... <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we can laugh about this now. <laughs> All, right. All right, so I I, I kind of don't even know where to start. I feel like we're all on the same page about this. Like we all believe that it was a poor, to be as nice as possible, a poor choice to shoot the scene the way that it was shot. Agreed. Do do we want to say straight up that at this point while we're recording, George has today made his statement regarding whether or not the book version of this was consensual, and he said that it was. So we're just going to go from that baseline. In the book, it was consensual. As messed up as the scene may be, it was consensual in George's head. Well, the whole relationship was messed up, so yes. Yes. Well, you know, I think right now it's kind of strange. This has been a very divisive, which I, which is weird to me because as it was happening, I thought that this would be a very unifying um, moment in the fandom. At least, you know, like I think that everybody universally would loathe the scene, but there have been many people uh, that I never expected who feel that the scene is fine because of their own interpretations of the original scene that was in the novels. And I think that we should just come out and say it, that there are basically a lot of people out there who believe that it was a rape scene to begin with, so that it's a rape scene in the show. It's not really all that different. Well, I think uh, even those people don't agree with how it is in either place, so there's that. 
Right. I'm just it's 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 interesting for me to to find out that there are people out there who just straight up were like that was a rape scene in the novels because it just would change the entire reading I have for both of the characters and their and their arcs from that point forward. Definitely. Yes. And I think that's part of the problem with the show is that this happened and now it just colors everything going forward which really upsets me because you know looking forward to the oath keeper scene now it just has completely different connotations because <laughs> you're like well you're an asshole i don't care that you're giving her a sword and armor like yeah it's still terrible and that makes me sad yeah like now he would be giving her the sword and armor and sending her on this message excuse me mission to redeem himself for doing something despicable that book jamie would not have done and in fact in terms of he lost a hand trying to prevent Brienne from being raped. Well, there's so many like, examples of Jamie oh. being anti-rape. You know, yes. he kills rapists. He, you know, thinks to himself constantly about various rapes that he wished that he could have stopped. He that he had Brienne several times. Yeah, uh, Brienne, his sister. Mariella. Yeah, exactly. Well, a friend, of, and, a friend of mine and I were talking earlier about this, and she had made a very good point that, like, you know, the best case scenario um, would be that. He's now gonna he's gonna redeem himself because he's 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 put himself into a tailspin over the fact that he broke his own moral code, and like that's the only way I can see him redeeming himself out of this. So he's hit rock bottom and he's working on his way to recovery. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but okay, it's still depressing. It is depressing, of course. His rock bottom takes away the agency from Cersei. Exactly. Who- Instead of now being, she, now she's a victim. Instead of being a willing participant in a truly fucked up scene, no one's saying it isn't fucked up. But now her motivations are: I am now the victim. I was raped by my husband, and now I'm raped by my brother, who is the only person I ever trusted. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. That scene, yeah. I have read it probably fifty times today, and you know, like Cersei is very concerned that they're going to get caught. Um, but be, she doesn't give a shit, you know, at, at, at some point, like, yes, she's always been the smarter of the twins, like in the way that they hide the thing, you know, because like, it, I mean, wh- what's Jamie thinking as soon as he's walking up, he's like, I don't give a shit. We're going to make another son and I'm going to hold him. And I don't <laughs> care what anybody says. And then you have this love scene while Cersei's thinking we're going to get caught. The legitimacy of our children is going to be, you know, questioned. And then eventually it's like, well, who cares? Let's just, you know, let's just lose ourselves in each other. And, and her also her relationship with Jamie has always been her choice, and it's the one thing that she gets to do that is not thrust ma- upon her. Right. It's not exactly, yeah. and the fact that now she she's losing that it just makes scenes later on when she writes the letter to Jamie that whole "I love you, I love you, I love you, come at once." It's just such a fucking. It's it's like it ruined it because instead of her trying to manipulate him and him yes. being strong and not allowing that to happen, it's this whole like. Oh, I'll just write to my rapist for help. It's like exactly. yes, yes, and it also yes. it also takes away from the fact that he's finally come to terms with the fact that she has been manipulating him from the beginning, and he's never really had a say in their relationship, and he's been kind of been pushed into this and not realized that she's been she's been the one pulling the strings all the time. Yeah, she was the one who initiated. Isn't it in the book? She was the yes. one who initiated yes. their sexual relationship to begin with. Yes, yes. So this, I mean, ugh. That's one of the things I really hate about this scene even more is the fact that he calls her a hateful woman and why did the gods let me fall in love with a hateful woman? Like, they're not there at that point yet in their relationship, in no. the books anyway. And it's part of the problem, as, I mean, George mentioned in that 
replied on his live on his uh, live journal that the the butterfly effect and it's very apparent in this scene because i mean in the books you have he's just coming home and he's been trying to get back to her and he's he doesn't care because he's been out in the world and he's done everything he can to get back to her and everybody knows at that point so he's just like screw it whereas now he's been back forever and I mean, they made these conscious decisions to have him coming back, partially because, I mean, what were they going to have him do wandering the Riverlands for five episodes? But, <laughs> right. I mean, I get the reason why they brought him back early, but they still made conscious decisions decisions to lead it to this point, and they made the conscious decision to make it into explicit rape in the show, and I just don't understand why. Yeah, if I were them, I would have probably had them have sex before this. Yeah. A male co-worker of mine, and this is someone who's a little bit older, so he's, you know, he's basically was in his 20s during the whole Mad Men era. So this is a different kind of person who kind of came up in a different kind of generation, and he was saying to me, well, you know, Jamie has been trying to sleep with her for weeks, and they have three kids together, so it's weird that she didn't want to have sex with him. And after I said to him, she still can say no, and I looked him in the eye, I made sure that he agreed with me, yes, she still can say no – I also said, you know, I explained to him what was going on in the books, and he goes, oh, no, you're right. This is a completely messed up situation. No wonder, you know, it's a different thing in the books, because he didn't realize this would be like a homecoming thing for him. He just thought the whole dynamic of the situation was thrown off. Well, and, having and up there. until this point, every time that Cersei has rejected him, and she's rejected him a lot in the show, he's respected that. Yes. I mean, I don't like how they've colored their relationship in the show from the beginning, it's always seemed very different from how it's portrayed in the books. And well, she's always portrayed as, as the woman who just gets pushed aside because she's a woman, even though she tries to, to be something more. And it's not... She, she's got more power than the show lets her... Right, and her loss yeah. of power is because of her. Yes, It has nothing right. to do with other people. She's not a victim of other people. She's a victim of her, like, gender role, and she's a victim of her own bad choices. I mean, I just, having seen this scene a second time, um, when he calls her a hateful woman, like, I'm looking at yes. her face. Yeah. She looks so brokenhearted, and anybody looking at her would see she's distressed. So him, it just comes out of nowhere. He just gets angry for no reason. And then it turns really violent. And it was just something like, why would you do this? It's just such a step back for both characters, but it's just, it's a really strange choice. And I would have rather have had them either have sex when he got back originally in like the final episode of the season, of last season, or fine, have them be sort of distant from each other because they're not sure how to act and have them have like whatever grief sex here and then have her be like, that was a mistake and move on from there rather than this. Yeah. Yeah, you, I mean, you can't even call this a, like an anger fuck or a hate fuck because she's so not into it. No, she's sobbing and saying no up until the very last cut of that scene. There is not once where she's the Cersei from the books who's like, "You're home, you're home," like well, because he's not coming home. The old people sex home. cries where it's like, "You're home." It's just like that's how I imagine seventy-five-year-old people have sex. <laughs> 
but the thing is you could even you could use the, your home thing because they, they haven't connected up until that point so they no i get it it was easily, a thematic yeah. it was a thematic no i know home. i know i totally get it but, but i mean no, I understand that. But even George's thing about maybe the butterfly effect, they couldn't write the scene that way. It's like, you could absolutely do the dialogue that way. You could have done it. You could have had her finally melt, to, like, warm to him because now he's here and he can comfort her and it was his son, too. Well, it's also you so awkwardly it. done. Like, in, they're, not up on the, they're not up on the altar, right? So it's not as yeah. sacrilegious as it was in the novel because they're, like, on the altar, on the body. This was No, just like, it was let's a different altar. But it's like they just fell to the ground next to it, and they're well, like, it was like the, in the dark. It was the, the mother's altar in the book, and Joffrey's right. like altar but was off to the side. Right, but still, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, saying in this, the way that they blocked the scene for the show, it's like they're in like a gutter, and it's, yeah, it's all weird. dark. Yeah, and she's like yanking on the uh, the cloth from the altar. At least the body didn't fall on top of them. Oh God. <laughs> Jesus. Could you imagine Jack? I bet there's a take of it where Jack does that to some purpose. You know, the Simply one thing real, that was that really weird see. to me was like, you know how, and we've seen this before with John Aaron where they, they write the, they put the little eyes, like the little Greek, you know, yeah. eyes yeah. On, uh, on the stones. All I can think of are the Vandal Eye movements. Have you guys ever seen that? No. no. It's called Vandal Eyes. Bonnie Burton is part of it where you basically take like those big googly craft eyes and you just put them oh, on Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And I'm like, somebody vandalized uh, <laughs> Joffrey. He's just over there with these like big someone needs to eyes. make Someone needs to make an image of that and Photoshop the googly eyes on it now. Jenny? Uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm upset. I'm upset. It's like, yes, it's ab- absolutely character assassination for Jamie, But it's a complete disservice to Cersei's character. I feel yes. like they didn't mind doing what they did to her in the show because she's just a dumb bitch. And, well, and they spent this whole four years turning her into a character that is hard and is like kind of a hard thing to stomach but she also has some integrity that you can see and now it's like okay you have integrity but we're still going to take that away from you like you're not important yeah for me Cersei's like the golem of Westeros (laughs) she's supposed to be (laughs) she is like she's she's a victim of herself and she becomes less and less what she always wanted to be as she yes. progresses through her storyline until but even at the end you know even when we last see her when she's after she's had her breakdown and that's like a real like moment right that's yes. your first time seeing Cersei as a victim when she tries to cover herself and runs through the throng at the end even right right at the end right you thought she was gonna make it but now we've already seen her as a victim and it's not it's gonna be that much more horrible when she can't get through the next you know, few hurdles, and we're gonna go back and blame it on the rape instead of on her own shortcomings. It's something that a man did to her, and honestly, exactly. you just made me even more ragey because that's right. Like that is the first time when she is naked and she is barefoot and she's walking through those streets. That is the time where you see Cersei finally being a victim. Right, and Kevin says to himself later, "The real Cersei that I know would have worn the crown on her bald head." Instead of covering it with a shawl like she does later. That's right. And that's like when you know there has been a fundamental change in Cersei. And they've taken that from her now. Yeah, completely. Everything she does from now on, she will be colored as a victim. She, everything, it'll be, it'll be done in bitterness. It'll be done because she can't trust her, you know, because it's just, 
it's just enraging. It's enraging not only what they've done to Jamie, but I think that people aren't focusing enough on on the disservice what they're it does doing to, to Cersei to Cersei as well. Yeah, they did a disservice to both characters. But I was reading through the uh, my favorite Unsullied forum today, and <laughs> I mean, going through it. I mean, it's a problem I have with a lot of the changes they made, especially in terms of people's motivations for things, because these people who only watch the show, they don't even watch, you know, the previews or anything. It's only what happens within, you know, the opening credits, the end credits. They're either confused and they don't understand why it happened at all, or they're just like, well, fuck Jamie. We're done with him. There's no redeeming him now. And... There's not a lot of talk about Cersei exactly, which is also part of the problem. Yeah, because it's not about her anymore. Now it's about Jamie having gone through that journey and then raping his sister, which is bullshit. This should be about both of them. That's what the original scene was. Yes, it is. I feel like the show lacks a lot of nuance sometimes. <laughs> I love <laughs> how Jess hasn't said Jess hasn't said anything. I know. Are anything. you there? I'm still <laughs> I am there. Um. If for nothing else, this opened up a dialogue in like the mainstream media about the use of rape, not just on the show, but just in general across many different platforms. So I guess that's the one, I don't want to use the word positive, that, you know, that comes out of this is that there are discussions happening now because this is not the first time they've used sexual assault on the show. Um, and it's yeah. unfortunate that it took, you know, Jamie raping Cersei for people to, like, mainstream media to latch on to the fact that they use this as a all the goddamn time. Look mm-hmm. at Theon's scene from last season. You look at, you know, turning Danny's wedding night into a rape scene. Even, even, like, the Sam scene I found disturbing, too, where they're just going and talking about the Night's Watch guys. That guy's a raper. That guy's a raper. Gilly, mm-hmm. you know what all these guys want to do to you right now? They want to fuck you, you know? Like, it's like, it's not even, it's not even just, like, actual rape and assault happening. It's also, like, implied as well that goes on in the show. And it's just so fucking annoying at this point. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because you're right. They're not doing anything to, like, at least the show is not having a dialogue about rape within the confines of the show. Yeah. And it's just, it's just annoying at this point to hear it. And they just use it all the time. And it's like, Oh, well, you know, it's the world they live in. Yeah, it's bullshit. You know, it's yeah. a cop-out. Just use it as an answer. But there are discussions happening, um, you know, in mainstream media. People are talking. George responded. So I think moving forward on the show, you're going to see less of it. I don't I, think I, so. I, I actually think so. I, I, I think don't. So. Because I think the thing so. is, they this got... This has gotten them press that they didn't get. Exactly. Exactly. No, Everyone's I, I getting th- raped. No, but, like, look what they, you know, I think it is, like, they were very much aware with, like, even after the whole Martell fiasco, you know, I think, I think they are open and they are aware of it, and they don't like that, they don't want that kind of negative press, you know, towards the show, and I do think that, you know, moving forward, they're, at least they'll be aware of, hey, you know what, maybe we should, like, think about this, and this is one of the problems of not having a female writer on staff. When you have an all-male writing staff, this is what happens. You need those other voices there. I agree with you, you know, completely, but them. I also think that it should not be up to women to mediate and arbitrate what is what we should, you know, consider decent, right? That's like, true, too. Yeah. yeah. True. These, these male writers should be able, all of those brains put together should be able to look at that scene and say, this is super, super gross. 
right, this was problematic. I don't know if this is the direction we want to go in. I mean, especially you have big fans of the books in that writing team, male or female, you're still going to be able to look at that book and be like, oh, you know, this scene doesn't do great a, a greater service to well, either of these characters. Well, it seems to me that when you know? they're in the writing room, they're having these conversations about the scene. They're trying to break it down to its elements so that they can translate it, right? And right. they seem to think, and they've said this in press, that that scene was about power and sex and, and power struggles are sexy. And somehow that turned into rape and that was fine. Oh, which is so disturbing. I don't on wanna, so many levels. I don't want to stop this conversation, but we are like way long on our 15 minutes. So if we oh, we are? Well, up, I was waiting yeah. for you to stop okay. us. I know, but I didn't want to stop Jess from talking. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> well, then fine. We can we can move on. Uh, we've all gotten it out of our systems. It's, yes. it's cathartic. Thank you, ladies. I'm sure Thank it will continue afterwards, but we'll spare people for now. <laughs> Uh, what did you like about this episode, uh, Lauren? Um, I liked a. There's a couple of things I liked. Um, one of the things. One of the things I, I came across in an article about how uh, every time Oberyn is in the brothel, he keeps getting interrupted by a Lannister, and it was, it was coined as Lannisterus interruptus. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, when I was rewatching it earlier, I, that's all I could think of was that phrase. Um, um, I loved the Pod and Tyrion scene. Um, I think that I, I, I just, I love Pod. I'm, he's, he's always been one of my favorite characters because he's just, he's such a sweet kid and, and he really does love Tyrion. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they, they translated that onto the screen as well. Uh, I love the Shireen and Davos scene. And just the delight on her face when Davos kisses the top of her head, just like this kid is like starved for love. Hmm. And look at her, her cheerful, happy, affectionate parents. Uh, when, <laughs> when he kissed her, I just was like, the child is unclean. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. She's so this sweet. How, I love this that. This is how kid. it begins. I know. And then I kept thinking, his lips, his lips. But <laughs> love you, Stone. Um, and then, uh, and then the, I. I didn't love it, but I just, I, I, the whole Sam was worried about Gilly and he's like, oh, oh, you know, you're not safe here. You're not safe here. Let me take you to a whorehouse where you'll be safe. (laughs) (laughs) Good thinking, Sam. Really, Sam? Really? Um, So, yeah, I guess that and uh, I I did love Tywin's whole lecture on, uh, on history. It's too bad that. Joffrey had to go and chop up that book. Could have been useful for Tommen. I know. Tommen would have probably read it. time for wisdom, indeed. He probably would have had kittens frolicking around him while he read it. I want the kittens so badly, but he's, like, is he too old for kittens? I feel like he could still have kittens. You're never too old for kittens. (laughs) Hey, man, all those those kittens that survived being, like, randomly mailed somewhere. sister told me about that the other day i never heard of it all i could think of was tommen i was like oh my god tommen you have to stop stamping things do not stamp things. there you go so so there you were know, things i liked it's just um i felt like like rachel had mentioned earlier that a lot of it was overshadowed by other things but anyway those yes. are the things i liked katie um I liked the Arya and the Hound like duo comedy thing going on. That was pretty funny. Uh, but other than that, honestly, my two favorite scenes were Shireen and Davos, just because I think they have a cute chemistry with each other. 
Um, and I like seeing Davos kind of quick on his feet like that. And also Dario Naharis kissing his little knife there, his lady. And just the scene where he winks at Danny cracked me up because it was one of those things where some sleazy guy that you don't want to be attracted to flirts with you and you kind of go, oh, man. Oh, I shouldn't be reacting to this like that. Ah, shit. Okay, that was cute. Told <laughs> me he had blue so, hair. I know. God, can I you imagine really how fucking it. amazingly hot that would be if this dude with the blue hair and the gross, the gross like golden mustache tooth. and the golden <laughs> tooth is just like just smacking you know, his lips up. You against... know, it would be a wink and like a smile and the golden tooth would and just, the like, glint in the sun. Yeah, glint, glint, glint. It'd be amazing. Thing. Oh god! And when he kissed the sword, I feel like he kissed the sword in a very inappropriate place. Her thigh—I did notice it was like either her thigh or, or near her thigh. But it was yeah. like shades her of Indiana hips. Jones, you know, like the guy is it all was. ready to fight him, and and then you know Indiana Jones puts out the gun instead. He just like—I know. I don't mean to be negative again, but that scene was stupid. I really like the Dario oh, part. I felt bad for the horse. dude on the. Okay, if you're on a horse. You don't attack a man standing there with a tourney lance. I just he want does you in to the book. That. No, he it's like is it, it's a lance in the book. Yeah, he has a lance in the book. That's stupid. You don't attack anyone on the ground with a lance because he wasn't it expecting was... him to be on the ground. I don't. No, he think. didn't care. That was the whole thing of, like, I don't give a shit. We're going to beat you, and it doesn't matter. We have no respect for you, so I'm just going to use this lance. I'll have to reread that scene, but the whole time I was like, that was stupid. What are you doing? (laughs) No, I reread it last night. It's definitely a lance. definitely a lance? Yes. It's a lance below. And Belwas just lets him ride back and forth, like, ducking out of the way. Yeah, he was toying with him. He was toying with him. I felt the absence of Belwas so hard in this I think that they should have had Dario ask for liver and onions afterwards. (laughs) Something. Oh. Some kind of acknowledgement. Oh, Jenny, what did you like? Um, well, I was going to bring up the, the scene before the scene because I liked Jamie stopping Tommen on the stairs and being almost fatherly. Um, or at least some kind of compassion considering what he was about to go do. But uh, And I also liked the random references to uh, to Hob in the Night's Watch scene with uh, with Gilly and References to the Golden Company. Um, that'll be interesting to get to eventually. Oh, yeah. I like all the stuff that's <laughs> like the later books. It's like Aegon is coming. I know. <laughs> Gotta make that shirt. More blue hair, please. Oh, yeah. He's they, not going to get blue hair. They better do the blue hair there. <laughs> it needs to be blue hair because John Connington cannot have his red hair. He's, he's not even going to... He's what, not even going to have red hair. He's, yeah, he's gonna, gonna, not going to have red hair. He's just going to have brown hair, and they're just going to call no, it red. No, Stop, whatever. I need the blue. No one's ever having blue hair. <laughs> Stupid Game of Thrones. <laughs> Who hasn't gone? Jess, have you gone? I have not gone. Uh, I really liked everything on Dragonstone and everything at the wall. Uh, Dragonstone, I feel like this is like one of the first times in a long while that I, I really liked the Stannis scene. He was sassy. What do you say about that line when Davos had gotten all these houses to him and he was just like, 
they don't have enough men to raid a pantry. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was that such was a great line. Oh. <laughs> and he was calling him a literary man. And I just felt like there, that's like the dry wit. Like I love Stannis and that humor I feel is sometimes missing on the show. And it was there. And again, they're going to Bravos and they're mentioning it. Because here's the thing, like, I was really worried going into season four about what they were going to do with Stannis for nine episodes, you know, because he's like, we're going to march on the wall. So it's, I like what they're doing with, like, trying to gain, like, swords and Bravo. So they're giving him something to do before episode nine happens. And I feel like the same thing with John and the Night's Watch, you know, up at the wall. I was really worried, like, what are they going to do for eight episodes before the big battle happens? But like I think they're raid on Craster's there. Just do that. No, no, they're not. They're the raid on Craster's keep. And what I love about it is, and something I love about the Night's Watch, and it doesn't get talked about a lot. They're like one of the few places in this whole kingdom that have you know some sort of democratic system. Just nice seeing a bunch of guys like actually discussing things, you know. And it was nice seeing Bo and Marsh again, and just all the Night's Watch guys like having a discussion. And then John, obviously, going back to. What I was saying a couple of episodes ago where Katie wanted to fight me on it when I was talking about <laughs> John's honor, right? He's a, he, has, he has pragmatic honor, right? Ned would totally go and, like, save the people in the village. John's like, we're not doing that. But, you know, these mutineers at Craster's Keep, we need to get rid of them because, you know, otherwise they're going to tell Mance about, you know, how little men we have at the wall. And that's something I really loved about it is that going back to like John's pragmatic honor, you know, and he's thinking two steps ahead is it's something he does in the book and like he's showing his leadership skills. And I feel like they're finally making up for like shitting on his storyline for two seasons. And it's wonderful and it's beautiful. And Dollar's Ed well, is back. I do yeah, agree that it's smart. Him leaning on a hay bale yes. or whatever. <laughs> I do agree that it's smart. I do hope that he sends a small unit to do this because they have a hundred men at the wall. And they had agreed and the freaking Thens being all cannibalistic and ridiculous. And that they are just going to destroy everybody at the wall like if they don't Star have Trek the best villains. There. You guys, they are totally oh. Star Trek villains. But Katie, in the book, they do send <laughs> men. Katie, they, they, they do send men, like, south of the wall to warn everybody. Donald Noy does that. So it's not, like, unusual uh, to do that in the show, you know? And I like I liked the wildling scenes. I, I did. I like that they're showing them as ruthless, you know? I, I, I was, you know, it's got annoying last season where you didn't really get into their culture. They're raiders. Where they're the not, hell like, these... are they? It's like they went all the way down. It's like, greener. Yeah, they're the where gifts. they are is greener than where the hound is. Like they're Iceland. Iceland, baby. Iceland. Yes, but where in Westeros? <laughs> yeah, where uh, in well, Westeros yeah. are they supposed to be? The they're in the gift. They're the like gift area. Out. They're in the I gift. I think they're in Doran. They're totally in Doran. No, they're not in Dorne. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love those wildling scenes. Okay, the thing with the cannibalism of the Thens is something I don't like, but I feel like they could have had a they could have had an exposition scene explaining like the Thens culture and how it's different than the other wildlings if they wanted to, I guess, make a distinction between Tormund and his men and the Thens, but I think it was just lazy. Like yeah. what's something that everybody's going to remember? No, you know what yeah. they did? They were like, Oh, we'll make the Thens the house cod of the wildlings. <laughs> they're just doing it because they need to make a distinction between the Thens and Tormund's band so this is the easiest and like you know dumbed down version of anything that's in the book for people See, to remember all right this those is guys, my have... problem with a lot of things they lack nuance and they're like what's the yes. simplest thing for people to understand cannibals okay Okay, cannibals are really hot right now, you guys. There's a lot Let's of yeah, cannibals, right? like cannibals so. But also, so what is the butterfly effect going to be? That it's going to be Tormund's 
son or Tormund himself yeah. that becomes the house. It has to like be. the ex-legitimate house because it it's not going to be the Fen. It can't be the Stark really going to exist. Who knows? Yes, I mean, Car Stark does exist in the show. No, I said Alice Carstark. Alice Carstark. Oh, yes, I, I think that's an interesting story. I think they're going to do some condensing. They're definitely going to do yeah. some condensing. And I think that you're onto something. It's probably going to be Tormund and not the Fens who, you know, get to become the legitimized. That makes lordlings. absolutely no sense because the Fens are like the, I quote unquote, like royal house north of the wall. Really, like, those, those cannibals? Just... Those cannibals? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the their face that's, tattoos, they make good roast. Ugh. They haven't. Yeah. You're thinking now of the mythology of the books, and we all want this, right? But they're not going to waste an exposition scene disti- like distinguishing the fence from anybody else. They're giving you the canon in the show as it is. We've already seen that they're willing to change things. It's not; it can't be the fence. They can't do an exposition scene where they can have Tywin talking for twenty minutes about like kings that like starved themselves to death. That, that's because okay. it's Charles You know what? Everything Tywin just seems to know things that nobody else knows. That the people yeah. who are twenty feet from what's happening don't know. It's it's very interesting. I love yeah, how, how all of a sudden he sees Danny as a threat too. Whereas last season he was not about that, and all of a sudden he changed his tune. Well, she's well, got a couple more cities now, but yeah, she well, still has also, three dragons. He knows that there's a wildling army marching on the wall, and goes, "Oh yeah, that sucks." No mention of sending any troops up there. No mention of, like, helping out. It's like, bro, what are you doing? You know about this and you're doing nothing? That's awesome. Maybe it was Jano Slint because it wasn't he, like, he was the one who was kind of spying for him in the books, right? Oh, we no one listens that. to Janos. He was just sitting there the whole episode. He wasn't even opening his mouth, but they kept cutting to him. I was noticing it. <laughs> I paid attention. <laughs> so They're I, priming his neck. They well, totally you know, are. I what I like. I liked a lot of those things. I thought that um, the scene with between Shireen and Davos was probably one of the strongest scenes. But I yes. also liked that we got a non-speaking introduction to Hisdar Zolorak. Yes. So what's it? <laughs> Sarah what's it is what I call him. Uh, and he's and cute. His, his he is he's very attractive, which bonus for us. But his clothing <laughs> is bullshit. Is that a, a tow car? car? I believe no, that it's is not. It's, no, my favorite is the people to his right. To, when you're watching, if you look to the left, there's a bunch of people with like fucking necklaces just laying on their faces. <laughs> it was a little Lady bit Gaga like, chic uh, right there. Oh my God, it was so lazy. It's like what like four-year-olds do with their, you know, they're like, I'm going to, I saw Cleopatra too many times. I'm going to put all these <laughs> necklaces on my face. Do you know who it reminded me of? And I'm tuning out her name and it's freaking terrible. Um, season two. Oh, Quaid. Uh, yes. It reminded me, I don't know why, but it reminded no, me a little bit of that. No, it wasn't anywhere near as cool as Quaid. No, it was I mean, literal little, like, shitty necklaces laying on their faces. And then, and then like, scrunchy scarves wrapped around, <laughs> like, weird bondage. Like, over, over. Oh, well, God. They now you so know bad. why Danny doesn't want to wear a tow car. Yeah, right? <laughs> Like this is bullshit, and it goes with nothing. I'm not wearing. <laughs> like, I'm not having any of that shit. Because <laughs> in my head, I mean, I know that they're not gonna do like the weird sort of like super wrapped, like I can't move, I'm so important, I can't move kind of dress. But they couldn't think of something better than like strips of fabric and some like clay, like little circle. Like I don't know, it was ugly. It was ugly. It's like they wait, like you know, you go back what two seasons to when she's like 
talking to Zoran. What the fuck is his name? Zoran Thank you. That yeah. guy. Sarah Wutzitz, too. He... <laughs> Duck sauce. Duck sauce. Duck there you sauce. go. Where he, and he's got, like, and, the, and all those people had, like, like the beautiful enameled insects. On, you know, it's like they took some fucking time. But his dar whatever, psh, just put some scarves and some necklaces on his face. He'll be fine. Does that transition us into things we had issues with? Yes, it does. In this episode? Well, yeah. I think I, we I, talked a little bit of it also. Yeah, I think we talked about the big thing that we had problems No, I know. I'm with. Other the lack than of strong Belvoirs? <laughs> um, I, have an, I have an issue. I have an issue that oh, wasn't discussed yet. Mm. Um, I, was, I, I mentioned this in, in a text message, but about, like, just I feel like the Martells are sort of rearing into, like, Orientalism and, like, fetishizing them a bit. It's like, yes, he's bisexual, Oberyn, but, like, what's with all the orgies? Like, I don't understand it. That that was, like, something, like, I'm just kind of getting annoyed with. Do they quotient. live in yeah. the brothel? Like, they is that happening? Like, that's what I'm yeah, saying. They, that's the only time we see them is when he's having sex. And, look, he's hot. I don't mind it. But, I mean, they have to do something else. This is a major family, and you're just talking. It's just, like, sex over and over and over again with them. It's, he's more than that. Exactly. So that was like a mi- yeah, it's a minor thing I had an issue with. I hope it's kind of like this is the last of those scenes, but I did appreciate the male peen we got this episode for once. <laughs> it was the back, lovely. The back shot of uh, the, of Marie- the peeing guys peeing on the street. Who? No, no, Olivar, my boy. <laughs> oh, 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 that pee. when he was leaving. Yeah, I thought the same thing you did, Rachel. <laughs> I was like the that peeing one. I was like, <laughs> I, I look out for that. Like I look that out for that stuff. Is that a grand total of two peen in one episode? Has that ever happened? Didn't we get to see um, uh, Dario's winky as well? No, we did not. Just the peen. Are we going to have like a peen rating now? How many peens each episode? We are totally having a penis watch. (laughs) A penis penis watch watch is necessary. A penis watch. Speaking of brothels, can I just say the place where Gilly is, that's a place that you're going to, you know, get an STD in. Like, (laughs) not sanitary at all. The walls are She didn't think so. Look where she grew up. Yeah, she did not uh, think she so. was like, um, I don't understand this shit. I grew up She's in a like, hovel and this is really awful. Incest baby born of my father, brother, mother. <laughs> and she's like, and I bore my father's baby and this is gross. <laughs> <laughs> and that says a lot. Sam. I guess they're not going to do the whole, like, you're going to be my bastard, and I'm going to spend this, like, well, they have to, maybe she will just stay there forever. I mean, the Molestown people end up fleeing to the walls, so maybe she'll come back. Who they knows? get a oh, does that mean we season. get to see Satin? Yeah. Maybe that kid is Satin. Like, they're going <laughs> to change it. No, it's going to be Olivar. Olivar is going to be Satin. I'm down for that. I'm because totally they can only have one whore in the entirety of Westeros whose name we know. Well, Roz is Roz worked her way down. Oliver has to make work his way up. <laughs> she went buddy. south. He They're can gonna go north. Him. They're going to frame him On for some bullshit cart. and send him up. Honestly, I think that this whole show is going to end when Danny eats a whole plateful of honeyed locusts. Blah. Yum. <laughs> I mean, right? Butterfly effect? <laughs> no? <laughs> Do we want to talk about Peter Baelish's Oh, God, that? You better start thinking about ghost stories, Sansa. What is that? I don't know what that was. Who the fuck is that? 
fuck are you, Peter maybe, Baelish? Maybe he, maybe he was having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like really overcome by being on a ladder in some fog in front of a wall. He was seasick. Yeah, and he was freaked out by how much taller Sophie Turner is than him. <laughs> no, you know what it is? He's like, this is clearly not a boat. I'm clearly not on a boat. No one's going to think this is a boat. I'm going to talk like a pirate, and that'll make everything better. Okay. He's like, oh I haven't God. been on the show in a while. I can change my accent. No one will know. He changes it every episode. <laughs> and he has a fine accent. He doesn't have to change anything. He could have kept his Irish. He's Irish. Yeah. He could have had that accent, and no one would know, because they're in the Little Fingers. Who cares about the Little Fingers? Because the he's Fingers, gotta, he's rather. Gotta, he's got to like. He's got to be as creepy as possible. And I, I mean, I, I, I think that the choice that he made, where he's just like very blatantly like a weird, untrustworthy guy who's walking around like cackling, cool. The, <laughs> stay the, shady. Yeah, stay he, shady. Stay shady, Peter. But damn, what is that whole scene? Don't let the well haters have get you down. Can we face. talk about his personal space well... issues? Because he was creeping yes. me the hell out. Like, he was, like, all up in Sansa's face. He's always had that. This is the first episode he's always had that problem. I know, but it was just, like, way in her face this time. I was uncomfortable. It was like being on the subway with the guy who stands next to you. I felt like that because he was doing that to me. Oh my no, no. god, I just had this amazing idea. I want to dress up like Peter Baelish and get on the train and get really close to people. And then tell them, Rachel, you will get arrested. <laughs> no, can we be honest? His face, he was not in her face, he was in her tits. If he had been any closer, he would have just motor- it's because motorboated she's her. she's tall, like, and that's where his head goes. Uh, <laughs> oh, whatever. I want to take a shower after that. I want to take a shower after this conversation. Shower. You're on a boat. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, the the ingenious camera work where we're looking up the ladder for the entire scene with their little heads poking down. I was like, is this (laughs) a... It's almost like it was the second of two Monty Python references (laughs) in that entire episode. Yes, because... The Shireen one. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so good. That was fantastic. It was so good. What are we missing, you guys? There was no Strom Bawas, which I believe is a crime. Yes. Uh, Marjorie. Oh, Marjorie. Yeah. I'm actually kind of okay with Marjorie playing dumb. Well, is she playing dumb or does she really not know? She's playing dumb. Okay. Okay. I honestly am okay with her not knowing. I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I'm unsure of it, but if she didn't know, I think that would make sense because I think Olena is very tight with her dad. I mean, she's not going to show her cards to everybody. Here's, okay, here's my theory. I, the original plan was we will poison him. Everyone will think it was the pie. And we are, you know, Sansa will be spirited away and everyone will think she poisoned him. So it'll be either through the pie or through something else. Tyrion sort of mucked that up, right? But so why was she all like, everyone, the pie? If she didn't know that she needed to create a sort of weird distraction at that point. I mean, she also set the glass down in front of Elena. Elena. I'm, yeah, Marjorie knows what's up. It was just... I, I, were they just playing that so that if all the spies were listening, it sounded like she didn't know what was going on? Oh, yeah. I mean, they couldn't – she couldn't, like, say – they said every time they're in that grotto and they're talking, her grandmother's like, don't say anything like that, especially here because you have no idea. So they were not going to be, like, very upfront about well, right. this. And Elena wasn't like, yeah, I killed him. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, 
and she even diverted herself because she was like, well, it would have been better if you guys consummated it, you know? Ew. Right. There was no plan of that happening, right? Because there was never, like, we'll poison him after you've consummated the wedding. (laughs) No, no, no. But her saying it kind of takes the suspicion off of her. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll buy that. Jeff, I hope they don't anybody. drag it out, though. Like the like, who 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 did it? You know, for like twenty episodes. We like, still don't know in the book. Yes, we. Well, we sort of do. <laughs> we sort of we know because we we like obsess and we look at details and like we we figure the shit out. But I mean, like they don't actually say it. Didn't it's not Peter said in the book. Come out and be like, I bought the yeah. thing with the yeah. There's a whole story. Yeah. Hmm. Is that how we found out how that Joffrey was the one who uh with. Uh, sent the assassin against no Bran. that was Tyrion when he got the valyrian steel sword and he was like oh he's handled valyrian steel before let me ask him some probing questions and figure this out yeah okay <laughs> that hasn't been answered on the show has it no and i don't think no. they will considering the fact that joffrey is dead and Tyrion's in prison yeah i think po- that they forgot about that a gonna bit. pull a lost damon lindelof right there not answering questions. <sighs> well, let's move on and close this out. What are you guys all looking forward to? What will cleanse your palate? Who knows? Oberon Tons? versus yeah. the mountain. No. Yeah, that, that, but I'm worried about it. I'm really worried I don't get, about it. That flip looks so fucking cool. I don't care. I just want to see that Just flip. as long as he chants the entire time yes you raped her you murdered her. i don't give a shit what happens he just needs to say that over and over again like inigo montoya style like just do it they've they've been calling him inigo martel on the uh unsullied fours (laughs) 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 well they're gonna screw it up i don't want to get my hopes up for it all right all right all right i'm looking forward to the iron bank of bravos me too mark it is I want funny hat and Mark Gatiss <laughs> doing his thing with funny hat. Being my cross. And then being like, give me my money, bitch. <laughs> my crossian Mark Gatiss. I was looking forward to the Oath Keeper scene. Now I'm afraid for it. <laughs> oh, womp womp. Yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's going to be like, Brian's going to be like, oh, yeah, I don't like you anymore. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to, and they better do it. I'm looking forward to him saying, Sir, my lady. I need it to happen. Aww. Yeah, that I am. I'm looking forward to Brienne and, and Todd on the road. Um, do you think he's just going to follow her for like a few miles on a horse like he does in the in the books? Because I like that. She's just like, I hope Who is so. that kid on a piebald pony? I can see me? him getting stuck on? somewhere and her having to rescue him. Or first. like, she does, yeah. he's not just behind her. Sometimes he's like crossing in front of her path randomly. <laughs> yeah. Or like standing by a tree. <laughs> it's so great. I need it to happen in the show. He's, he's not yeah. the brightest bulb That's on the tree, be... but he's really sweet. It's going to be the rivalry that, that the Hound and Arya need, right? Yes. Like, who's, yes. the best, who's the best, like, road trip buddy, the Hound or Brienne? <laughs> All right. Can I ruin Brienne. it for you guys? What? Todd is Mr. Like, sexual God. You know HBO's going to make him and Brienne, like, get oh, together. Oh, no, they're not. No, they're not. Shut up. No. <laughs> no. And ruin. I'm disowning you as a friend just for that statement. <laughs> what kind of shit is that? Do not yes. ruin my sir, my lady. Do not ruin it. I know. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm just trying to fuck with you guys. No, I'm That's looking it. forward to it. I've but... disowned you. What? That's not how it works. 
Did you all see that flash to uh, the White Walker for next episode? No, I missed it. Yeah, in the preview for next episode, so the scene with Bran is probably happening next week. So that should be Can really fun. I need some, action some more backstory. Not cold hands? Story. Not cold hands. I don't even think, I think I was so annoyed, I don't even think I watched uh, what was happening next week. I, <laughs> I think I just went oh, to I was sulk attention. in the corner. I was so, uh, whatever. What's the, what's the name of next week? Oathkeeper. Oathkeeper. Oath oh, it's Oathkeeper. It's episode. I'm sorry. Oh, Cogman, God, you Cogman's better not let episode? me down or I'm coming after you on Twitter. Yeah. We're going to come after you on Twitter, man. We don't care. <laughs> you can't say I had nothing to do with it either. Like, yeah. No comment. Like, I didn't write that scene. It just got thrown in. Here, let me give it you some great. articles not... you can read instead. Yeah, please go bother thought... these other fine people. Stop so not read articles. Episode, just see us. Oh, my God. It was not my department. <laughs> That's what he did. It's, that, it's, that, honest, it's not my I job. I would have done the same thing as him. I would have, I would have done the same thing as him. In that no, situation. I don't him. Yeah, I don't. No, he yeah, did. He did do him. the right thing. It was like, you know what? I'm not. Get, I'm not stepping in this. He has no, his own engaged. Twitter battles. He doesn't need to be fighting other people's Twitter battles. Yeah. He engages far too much to begin right. with. This, this That's was his good. thing. This I know. I was proud response. of him for his restraint. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! What the hell was that? <laughs> Are you okay, Rachel? His restraint. <laughs> <laughs> you, said it with, you said it with such like, like contempt. Like, oh yeah, ten points to Gryffindor. Whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna snort. <laughs> well, do it. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we've gotten it all out of our systems. I hope that you guys will join us next week for our review of Oathkeeper, and I will end us on our traditional toast to strong Balwogs. Strong Balwogs. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. To Jon Snow. Jon Snow. Jon Snow. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. And so he broke that sacred oath. That Lord of the Crossing, and now the Bycrests cover his king, and they're so good to eat. Yes, now the Bycrests cover his king, revenge it tastes so sweet. Can I just pause? I'm, I gotta tell you guys something real quick. So uh, my friend is text. Laura's texting me, and she her mom wanted to know who killed Joffrey, and I told her who it was, and she's like that sassy old lady with the crazy ass headdress. <laughs> <laughs>